Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bishop Mortimer's Day Off, where y'all know the routine. Every day is a day off when you're dealing with a bitch like me. So, as y'all know, it's coming to the end of June, but it is Pride Month nonetheless. So, today, I want to talk about missing out on your childhood because you're a part of the LGBTQIA community. To grow up gay in America is to live with the double consciousness, you know? And to quote a line from the iconic Paris is Burning, even though um, we don't fuck with the bitch who made it, Jenny Livingston, fuck her for not uh, paying them adequately and giving them what they deserve. Paris is Burning has some gems nonetheless. But to start off this episode, I want to take a quote from there. I remember my dad saying, you have three strikes against you in this world. Every black man has two. They're black and they're male. But you're black, you're male, and you're gay. You're going to have a hard fucking time. When I heard that quote, I realized that was going to be an unfortunate truth of my reality. Being a queer kid is to grow up with a double consciousness. You quickly realize you're not allowed to be free in the world the way the other kids are. And by free, I mean, you know how like when you live in a straight society of what they deem normal, they can live in a freedom that is such... They don't realize how the freedom they get to love out loud, to have crushes, to talk about who they love, is such a privilege that not everyone is granted. And I feel like a lot of straight people take that for granted because you quickly realize you're not allowed to be free in the world the way the other kids are, which is two times harder when you realize you're already a racialized minority. So not only being a minority, you're not safe everywhere you go, but you're not safe also because of who you love. So you got to watch out for your skin tone and you got to watch out for who you like. And don't get me started of when you're in the closet, it makes you hyper aware of pronouns that you use when you're talking about a crush to your friends or definitely your family. So, you know, there's a lot of times you'll be talking about somebody you have a crush on. And, you know, since you're in the closet and everybody thinks you're straight, quote unquote, you know, you use a lot of... um. Yeah, I think they are cute and stuff. You know, a lot of they, thems, you know, a lot of genderless pronouns because uh, you don't want to out your own self in the middle of a conversation because you're so, like, hyped up on your crush. That's something I always remembered. Like, I would have so many crushes and stuff like that, but I always was hyper aware of the language I used while I would talk about them to family or friends or my aunties because I was really trying to uh, keep up the facade of, like, you know, yeah, I'm straight and stuff. And it's like, even though for me, anybody who knew me knew me, the closet was glass. And honey, I was the only one. To be honest, I never had a strictly homophobic family um, at all. It was kind of like they always waited for me to confirm what they already knew. But, um, and I also, side note, I never had a coming out, tr- a true coming out story like a lot of the other people. I just was me. I just ended up being me. And I've always, uh, maybe because of the aunties I was raised around, my grandma um, and my mom, um, I was always like, even with the elders in my family, them, I was like, you take it or leave it. But I'm not changing. This is me. This is who I am. And it took me until I was older. I wasn't like that when I was a teenager, my young teenagers are 13, 14, 15. But I would say anytime after 16, 17, I got a newfound um, strength where I was just like, you know what? I'm not coming out. I don't have to confirm shit to nobody. It is what it is. You know it. And that's just, I just started living, you know? And that was a weight I had to lift off myself because the closet makes you subtly envious of people who can love out loud and freely. 
The fact that you have to pretend, you know, to be straight, not to be bullied, attacked, or discriminated against makes you have to keep up this false facade of an identity you know you're not, but you keep it in order to survive in the moment. Being in the closet is not something somebody does because they're scared. Being in a closet is an act of survival, you know, so you don't lose certain people you love when it's really their loss in the end. But it's like people never talk about the grieving process that comes along of when you come out. Finally, after years of people asking you if you're gay, straight or lesbian or whatever, and then you confirm it for them and then people start to distance themselves and people be like, anybody that left you for being real about yourself, they didn't deserve you. Yes, they didn't deserve me, but the hurt is still there. And just because they're not worthy of my love because they want to abandon me for being who I truly am, doesn't mean I can't miss them and grieve the relationship. You know, and I feel like that gets swept over a lot, too, because this is just my perspective. I'm not speaking for the whole gay community. So I know. But also to get a little bit deeper into it in those years of pretending to be straight or something we're not, what escapes us is time. Those formative years of crushes, dates, young love, experimenting with fashion and shit like all that escapes us. We don't get to live our authentic self because we're living in survival. And when you live in survival, that's just a form of existing. You're not living. And it's such a sad reality because for the ones who like, say, in your youth, you always, you know, when you're in a closet, you always see those kids, ones who are out and proud in their youth. Us that were still in a closet, I tried to distance myself from those kids because even though they were what I wanted to be, but I wasn't ready to be that yet, um, I couldn't, I didn't want to be guilty by association. Which is such a fucked up concept of, you know, when you're in a closet, you don't want to hang out with other kids that you know, you know are out and proud because you don't want to be considered gay by association, even though you are fucking gay. And then you realize for the homophobic kids, that's the reason why a lot of them don't fuck with you because they don't want to be considered a gay by association. So it's kind of like a cycle of internalized homophobia. And it's crazy how like the tools of the oppressor ends up being the tools we pick up to use. Message. We miss out of the magic of our youth because we have to be militant and defend our normalcy to an extent. Because no matter how much a person is an ally, a friend, or a family can be, it's still not a safe world. And if we happen to be alone with the wrong people at the wrong time, we may not get a to be continue. Uh, for a lot of gay people, trans people, lesbians, you know, it's not a to be continue. It's a the end. Their story is ended because they're harmed and they're killed. So what I really want to bring home to people is like when you grow up gay and then when you finally come out in your later years, a lot of people always wonder why sometimes a lot of, I would say, People in the LGBTQ community come off as sometimes a little childish or delayed or behind. I want to just say, by the time we hit our age where we're comfortable to announce who we truly are, aka come out, which I don't really fuck with come out culture, but that's another topic for another time. We have a lot of catching up to do because we are new to a lot of things people got to experience in their youth. So that's why sometimes we come off when it comes to our love life as messy or a little delayed because the messiness that y'all got to do in y'all teenage years and live and love out loud, we didn't get to do because of society, because of our family, because of our religions, because of the judgment, because of the prosecution, because of the attacks, physical and mental attacks. So 
when, say, if somebody comes out and they're 27, they got to catch up on all their younger years of when they're dating their first dude. It's like their first romance. You got to remember, put them sometime in the mindset of when you were 14 and you had your first boyfriend, Becky Sue, did you know what to do? No, you, it was a learning curve. You went with the trials and tribulations of the relationship and you learned as you went because we are new to a lot of things that you got to experience in your youth. And even if we did experience young love while being in the closet, being able to love out loud and not being somebody's secret is two different things. When you're in relationships with straight guys, allegedly straight guys, or just people while you're in the closet, it's a secret. And when it's a secret, that can't be a form of true love because true love is loud. True love is something that's so comfortable, it doesn't have to be hidden. True love is something you experience. And when you're in the closet, love and secrets don't go hand in hand. That's just my opinion. So it's like, you still, even if you're in a closet and you did date when you're a kid, you still have to learn how to love out loud to an extent. And loving out loud depends on what you're comfortable because, like, you can love out loud and not get in a PDA. There's a whole different types of loving out loud. But, you know, I always figure, like, you know, secrets and love never mix to me. So that's just my opinion. Being 29 years old now and looking back at my youth, the confidence and security I have now, I wish... I could have given it to my 12-year-old self and lived in my truth throughout school because I would have been an even better bitch than I was in school. And let me be real, I was like a troublemaking bad bitch. Like, I was very much so a manipulator, a gaslighter-ass friend. But nonetheless, I would have been a badder bitch, you know, if I just confirmed what everybody who I went to school with already knew about me. You know, it would have been a weight off my shoulders and... You know, also, you know what I wish I would have started when I was younger? My YouTube channel. Because I wish I had high school vlogs. Because my high school was a reality show, literally. Like, a never-ending show. But, um, I definitely wish the confidence and security and the, uh, discernment I have now, I wish I could have gave it to my younger self. Because I was already wise beyond my years. But, I just wish, you know... To know what you know now is kind of like, that's like a gift and a curse. And I also want to talk about, when it comes to the LGBTQ community, it's okay to sometimes be a little jealous of the younger generations who get to live out loud and it's a much safer world than it was than when we existed in it in our youth, you know? So it's okay with every generation of LGBTQ people to look at the next generation that came after us and be like, you know, I'm a little salty. I'm a little jealous that y'all could live so freely. And that wasn't offered to me. You know, y'all could walk down the halls sometimes. It's not completely, you know, the youth of the LGBT community is not completely free. You know, there's always going to be some type of oppression, some type of homophobia, racism within the system. However, when I look at stuff like the show Heartstoppers on Netflix or even real life, how kids are just so brave. You know, I have a duality that exists within me that's, you know, happy and jealous for them because I wish that was me to an extent. But it was a different world back then, you know, and 50 years from now, it'll be a more even different world than it is that I'm speaking of now. And, you know, unfortunately, the price we unfortunately pay to walk in our truth slash freedom in our adulthoods is the memory of what if, you know, what if I did this younger? Would it have turned out all right? You know, we'll never know.
And when you realize that cliche saying that they said, um, it gets better. It's not the fact that it gets better. You get better with time. And I, the problem is with time is a lot of people don't have patience. A lot of people want the quick solution. You know, they come out the closet. They want it. They, they want it all. They want the love. They want the take it one step at a time. Life ain't meant to be fast. The faster you live, the faster you die. So it's like live in the moment and just congratulate yourself to be able to exist in your true authentic form that you're comfortable with. Not what your mom and dad want you to be. Not what your grandma, not what your um, hateful religions tell you, oh, this is not godly. Fuck that shit. Be who you want to be. The bravest thing you can be in this life is who you truly are. And be who you truly are at a safe time. That's what I would recommend to every, if somebody's young and gay and listens to this and is not out yet, become who you are when it's safe for you. Don't become who you are because you've seen a TikTok that inspires you or because make sure you're safe first. If you're living in an environment where it's not safe for you to come out yet, but you know who you truly are, the first step of knowing who you truly are is for you to know who you truly are and for you to be okay with it. So if you're not in an environment and you live with your parents or family members or friends that you know are homophobic and can cause you harm after you come out, it's okay to wait. Because the most important thing is you know who you are first. Because you're the only one who has to go to bed with yourself at night. You're the only one who has to hear your thoughts. But I always tell people, before you come out, make sure you you live at a safe space because, girl, you need, girl, boy, whatever, or everything in between, you need a safe space to return to after it. Because it's a lot, you know? Becoming who you are and not who people want is an act of courage in today's world. And you have to be prepared for it because it takes a lot from us. Give yourself grace. Give yourself charity. Give yourself um, self-care because honey it is not easy but it's worth it message so that's that's pretty much my pride episode this this uh june um i'm gonna get back to posting every other wednesday you know this is a bi-weekly podcast meaning i post a new episode every other week i'll be back to posting on the gorgons with me and my cousin you know gossiping and talking shit as we do and cracking jokes on each other um that'll be up probably next week um i'll be making more youtube videos my newest youtube video is called i spent my 20s being a people pleaser and it got me nowhere so if y'all want to hear a deep dive into um how i spent my 20s uh trying to please people but in the end they wasn't that pleased um check my youtube out look up bishop mortimer um don't forget to like comment and subscribe rate this podcast four or five stars or whatever you deem worthy on whatever podcast platform you're listening to me on and yeah um please don't forget to review and if you guys want um other topics for me to talk about when you leave a review, especially if you're leaving a review on Apple, just comment it. You don't have to leave me a review and write it out like, oh, this podcast was philosophical or all that bullshit. Just comment something that you want me to talk about in the review area and I'll do that. It don't have to be a review. Just give me something you want me to talk about. Bye, you guys, and I'll see you next time. And remember, every day is a day off when you're dealing with a bitch like me. Bye, guys.